VIP listeners, you are now on the mark, and we got a great one today. It's opening day, folks. This is the On the Mark Back-to-Back Jacks special series. Today, we have Brett Boone on the show. I am thrilled to have Booney back on, Benny. It's going to be uh, good to hear from him. He's our On the Mark MLB insider. We're just thrilled he's back on the show. Yeah, love Brett Boone. Absolutely cannot wait to hear him again. He produced nothing but gold the first time we had him on, Marky. And I'm really excited. You know, opening day is here, and it's great to hear what a guy like Brett Boone has to say about the upcoming season. Totally is. And let's call it what it is, Benny. Uh, The city of Philadelphia is on an absolute roll right now with uh, sports winning big games, winning championships, started with the Eagles. You got the Sixers catching fire, and then the Flyers have been piecing together a nice season, although they're in a little bit of a funk now. They're going to be in the playoffs. And the Phillies said, we got to respond. So what did they do? They add a power hitter in Carlos Santana. They add a true ace in um, Jake Arrieta. They add some nice pieces in the bullpen. They call up some top prospects. They're doing some very interesting stuff, and there's a lot of intrigue in this Philly season all of a sudden. So, of course, we're going to get Booney's take on that, and we're going to get his take on his brother's Yankees for certain. Yeah, I'm amped up about this season. These Phillies have me absolutely through the roof with excitement, Marky. Jake Arrieta, I love that move. They bring him in. It makes the window to win get here a lot sooner, Marky. These Phillies went from about, you know, two, three years out to being able to compete this year. I truly believe that. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, I think if they added another bona fide starter, we could be talking pennant. We could be talking World Series. They didn't, but that doesn't mean somebody else can't step up. I'm an Aaron Nola guy, and I like their offense, man. And you know, me and you both, We like Gabe Kapler. So who's to say what he's going to get out of that clubhouse? You know, how he's going to utilize that roster. It's going to be fun to see you play out. And it's the type of thing, it's a long season. You sit back, you relax, and you enjoy the ride. And that's the thing, Marky. It's such a long season that it doesn't matter exactly what the team is right now. Because if these Phillies come out and they compete in the first two months, best believe they'll go out and make the move. They have the payroll to pay these guys. They have the space to bring in a bump gardener and then give them a contract. Something along those lines sure. to where they can boost this staff incredibly by the time it's the All-Star break. Sure, of course. And it, the thing is this. The Phillies, like the Sixers, I'm going to go as far as to say are a year ahead of schedule in their rebuild if not more. Absolutely. Things turn around quickly in sports, gang. You know, Philadelphia fans have experienced a lot of pain. So because of that pain, it has created a fan base that typically leans towards the negative. Because more times than not, uh, the Philadelphia team isn't the last team standing, as we all know. So 
things can turn around quickly, as we saw with the Eagles. They were a projected 9-17. and 17. Then Wentz went down, and people said there's no way they can win it. Bang. They win it. The Sixers. Ah, uh, no faults. Ah, uh, we got to wait on LeBron. Ah, uh, we got to do this. We got to do that. No. They're making a run right now. And they can give anybody in the Eastern Conference a test, not to mention Steph Curry's hurt for the Warriors. You don't know how things are going to shake out in sports. That's why it's our greatest reality show. Totally agree with you, Marky. I just want to say that I think Philadelphia has somewhat revolutionized the way that teams rebuilt. If you really look at it, these Philly sports teams have embraced this new school era, this new school model of rebuilding and really have done it great in all four sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. So gang, I hope you're as excited as we are. So when we get back, we have on the mark MLB insider, Brett Boone joining us. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has ruled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, is a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again. Oh, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. Fastball belted deep to left field. Burns to the track, the wall. Get out the right, brother. Buster Grandwall. It is grand salami time here in the first. Mile by the Mariners have four. They have four just like they got four in the first inning yesterday down in Anaheim. And there's only one man down in Fred Moon who hit the only grand slam home run last year, has hit one here on the 20th of April. So VIP listeners, now on the mark, we have baseball legend Brett Boone. Brett, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. What's going on? Well, we got this opening day episode going on, and we're, we're very excited that baseball is back. I wanted to pick your brain on a few things, but I got to ask you, what is opening? What, you know, what did opening day mean to you when you were a player? Oh, I'll tell you, opening day—it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of a formality. Um, the longer you play, that being said, uh, always exciting. I mean, you look forward—you know—you have the season ends, you have a an off season of getting ready for the next season, and it's a nice break. But uh, once you get halfway through spring training, you kind of look at opening day, especially the position players. Um, pitchers need a little longer to get ready. Um, but it's just something you just want to get the season started. You know, it's like not that opening day matters that much, but you always want to start off. On that. I always remember going into opening day and always had a little bit, a little bit of jitters. Um, and it didn't matter how many seasons you played, you know, in the big leagues, it's it's still opening day, and, and I remember thinking, just whatever you do, don't embarrass yourself on opening day. <laughs> Start off on a good note. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but once you know, once you get the formality out of the way and the opening day ceremonies, um, then it's 162 games. Um, 
to play, and it goes back to just uh, business as usual. Let me ask you a question. As a player, is it a chill-worthy moment? Because as a fan, you know, it can be a chill-worthy type of moment. Would it give you chills where you, where you geeked out? Well, I don't think I don't think it would actually give me chills, but I definitely had those those butterflies. Okay. Like I said, of course, when you're young, um, you know that first time you get called to the big leagues or your first opening day, um, that's probably a little bit uh, more. But you know, up until my last year, you know, still that opening day was still there's something about it. I mean, it's like you just got that. I don't even know what you call it. I wouldn't call it a nervous feeling or a or a uh, chill worthy necessary, but more of an anxious. Let's let's get okay. this thing going. Okay, you know, gotcha. Now, but at the same time, it's exciting. It's 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 you know starting a new new season. Absolutely. Now, what was your best opening day memory, personally? Best opening day memory. I really don't have one. To be honest, they were all kind of the same. <laughs> if you look back on my career, there weren't too many big opening days for me. Okay. The opening day wasn't my friend. Okay. So were there some offers involved? <laughs> there are some offers. <laughs> all right. Now, how about your first opening day? Do you remember what you did? Uh, my first, well, I, I had a kind of a, a weird beginning. You know, I got called up in August my first time and then. My second year, I played about 60% of a season in the big leagues and the other, you know, the other 40 in the minor leagues. So my first official opening day was in 1994, where I started the team with, with, the, with the major league club. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I was in Cincinnati. And, and back in Cincinnati, you know, especially even back then in the early 90s, uh, baseball used to always, the first game was always the Cincinnati Reds. So it, it kind of we took the stage for the day, and there's big parades, and that's back when uh, Marge Schott was the owner, and you know she was on the, <laughs> uh, in the leading that parade with all her dogs, Shotzi, <laughs> Shotzi O2. Did you so find Cincinnati, that strange? Was, You're laughing. Did you find that strange? Uh, I found a lot of things about that <laughs> about that section of my life career strange but that's uh, awesome. marge was definitely an eccentric woman you know very, very you knew funny. when she was around she was definitely a character of the game but but i think it's just it was such a long-standing tradition uh, in cincinnati reds land um that that was a big deal i mean it, the opening day in cincinnati is and probably still is a, that's a huge deal for them absolutely now here in philly we got a prospect for the phillies scott kingery Hasn't had a major league at-bat thus far, but had a dynamite spring training and really had a brilliant minor league career. He just got a contract the other day that can, you know, pretty much equal out to about 60-some-odd million, five years. It was like an unprecedented contract. Um, Charlie Manuel, who's still around the team and uh, is an advisor and was at spring training, said he thinks he could be a 40-home run guy. Uh, Buster Olney said he was a more talented Dustin Pedroia. I'm very excited to see the kid uh, play at the major league level. Uh, but, you know, you, you were a power-hitting second baseman. He's projected to be a power-hitting second baseman. What do you think of that whole contract, though, without ever really having a major league at-bat? I think for Scott Kingley, is that his name? Yep. I think that's a pretty awesome deal. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. You know, to guarantee a young player that kind of money uh, – 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't care who you are, how you could turn that down uh, would be crazy to me. Even if you're, you know, the type of player like a Mike Trout or, or, or Bryce Harper when he was first coming up um, to turn that that money down, I think they would have taken it, too. You know, I think that that just really secures you for your entire future. And and in six years, if he's the player he's supposed to be, I'm sure he's going to make a, a ton more money. Absolutely. I mean, that's his, uh, you know, reward, to say the least, for absolutely lighting it up the past few years. And then uh, that all coming together in spring training, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. That's for sure. And I'm curious if you know, that's going to become the trend in Major League Baseball now, those type of contracts. Well, I don't know. Like I said, John Hart was the original. Yeah. He, he did that to a bunch of guys, and it kind of went by the wayside. Um, but who knows? I think he, I think he's going to kind of be the, the, the guy that tests out if clubs go in that direction, you know, right. depending on it. it. It's just awful hard for me not, not being on, you know um, – there with him, watching him develop, watching him in the in the minor leagues, and and not just seeing him a few times. You've got to, to give somebody that type of money. You've got to see longevity and and a lot of games that he's yes. played in to really have that kind of confidence um, that he's going to be the player that that you know is going to demand that kind of payment. Sure. So uh, obviously he's he's really opened some eyes. Uh, Absolutely. To, to, to get, and it, it's tough for me at any time because I've got a chance to see a lot of minor league players. And, uh, you know, I can pretty much tell you who I think is really going to have uh, high potential to have a great career. But you can't always be sure until they actually step on the on a major league field and perform at that level over over a decent block of time, a year or two years before you say, OK, he is the real deal. Because I've seen a lot of players through my life, you know, not only through playing, but through being on the other side and, and just evaluating that, that I think this guy is a for sure guy yes. and never really pans out. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, I've seen some guys that I would be hard pressed to to put in a positive report that they're going to play a long time in the big leagues. And lo and behold, five years later, they're proving me wrong. So, uh was it, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's going out on a limb a little bit, no matter mm-hmm. how great you are of a player. But uh, obviously, he's really opened some eyes. Wasn't Billy Bean a can't miss prospect? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, you go through. There, there's obviously the ones that have been documented. Uh, I think there was who's the who was the pitcher for the um, Mark Apple, the first no, overall the, pick yeah. who just retired. Yeah, or, or the pitch for the Yankees. Pitcher for uh, the Yankees. Left, left-handed pitcher was the number one overall. Yeah, I, I think in the mid-90s. Uh, I got Benny punching that in the on-the-mark baseball database right here. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Ah, I can't think of his name. Anyway, he'll come up with it. Was it, Bri- <laughs> was it Brian Taylor? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Brian, Brian Taylor. Taylor. Well, yeah. just the way he spelled Brian is pretty strange. That had to, that should have been a red flag. He spelled that. It. That should have thrown him off. B R I E N. No way. He's trying to mess up a name like Brian. <laughs> exactly. But I think that same draft or the very next year they got Derek Jeter, so that helped. Yeah, I mean, he did decent. <laughs> he did all right. Oh man. Well, I just saw Scott Kingery. He just chose number four 
That's a good sign. Reminds me wow, of Wow, and they're letting him choose numbers too. Yeah, Lenny Dykstra, one of my favorites. I'll tell you this, my my uh my rookie year, I wasn't allowed to choose a number. How about that? <laughs> they just gave it to me. Yeah. I guess this uh, whole contract thing, you get to choose the number too. Yeah. Now the Phillies also brought in Jake Arrieta recently, which kind of has the city excited. I mean, he's a true ace. Um I always liked Jake Arrieta as a pitcher. I mean, he's seen a lot of success. Uh, do you think uh, that makes them a contender this year for maybe one of those wild card spots? Uh, I think – I don't know. I think, you know, the question is – and that's why baseball such – you know, I think it's the greatest game in the world because you never know. But to go from the worst record in baseball to the addition of Arietta, I don't know who else you've, you've added. Can uh, you, Carlos you, Santana. Okay. And they added a, a couple pieces in the bullpen. Uh, Tommy Hunter, and um, I'm drawing a blank on one other uh, reliever well, they brought in. Well, the thing is, I, I just, I, I understand. Last year, I, I watched what uh, the Phillies went through. It was a rough, obviously a rough season. Um, I see the addition of Arietta, but for me to really know if that's a possibility, I'd have to be paying closer attention. Sure. And to be honest, I haven't. Uh, I would be hard pressed without major turnover to go from worst to first or, or to contend. You know, even though Arietta is a frontline guy, he has been for a while. Uh, he's got all the, you know, he, he's he's got the experience that he need that you need. And first and foremost, he does shore up that rotation. So you have a guy at the top of the rotation. You know what you're getting pretty much with his track record. But to go from from the worst record to to contending for a playoff spot, I think that's a little bit of a far fetch. Not saying it can't happen; it's happened before. It has. But uh, that's why we play 162. The thing I um, hope for that Arietta can help that Aaron Nola develop. It's always nice to have a solid veteran ace who can help the younger arms in the rotation speed up their growth process. Right. And I think, too, you know, they make so much of it these days. It's, oh, it's a great leader in the clubhouse. Or you can – it's it's not necessarily that. It's, I mean, that's – a lot of that is BS. I mean, yeah. there's not too many guys that come over from another organization and are, and are banging the drum and, and preaching and telling people how to go about it. That's, right. that's not – I think that's not what they necessarily mean by that. Mm-hmm. Just being a presence, how how you go about your game, how you prepare for game day. Mm-hmm. Um just watching somebody a lot of time is a way that they lead. You know, the best guys, especially when I was young, the best players I found that, that I would consider leaders of teams were, were usually quiet guys, didn't say much. Yeah. But just watch them and, and how they go about their game, how they handle themselves, how they handle themselves with the media. Mm-hmm. You know, how do they prepare for each game? What do they do that makes them different? What makes me want to be like them? Right. Those are the real leaders of a team, not the guy that gets up, calls team meetings. Yeah, and the rah rah guy. That's, that's a bunch of that's a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. You know, the real leaders are the guys out there that are leading by example, and and it's somebody that you look at and go, "Oh, I want to play like him." Yeah, yeah, and I, I want what he's got. And uh, I think Arietta has the opportunity because he's got first and foremost with his history, his experience, his accomplishments. Uh, he gets instant credibility from from especially the young players, but everybody there. They're going to respect what he's done in his career, what he's accomplished. So he's going to get instant credibility. For him to keep that is, is like I said, 
to be that guy that you want to want to copycat to, mm-hmm. to to learn from him and say, wow, he does this, you know. I, I used to do that all the time. I'd look at middle infielders. Barry Larkin was a big influence on me early in my career with the Reds. You know, here's an all. Uh, by the time I got there, he was a two or three time All Star, and you know what makes him different. And I watch how he went about his game, how he carried himself, um, and I emulated that. Was Barry a film study guy? A big film study guy then? Um, you know, Barry was kind of more natural. I mean, Barry wow. just kind of felt things. You know, we'd go out and play basketball. This is a guy that could two hand reverse reverse dunk oh my in the Lord. off season and i'm got you know he was just kind of a me and him were uh oil and water when it came to how we went about playing defense but we worked so well together i'd look at him sometimes and go i don't know how you you <laughs> you make plays with that glove you've got on yeah you know it was just i remember him using just, a bigger glove is that accurate and it was really stiff, and it's like yes, he just got it out of, yes. And it, and it's like he just got it out of the wrapper, and he would look at my glove, and my glove is big and flimsy, yeah. and he'd go, "I don't know how you use this glove." Yeah. But together, we worked great. And, so and if I, I kind of more, I kind of more watched him and how he handled himself, how he handled adversity, mm-hmm. how he handled a tough streak. You know, sure. Uh, when he when he goes two for fifteen. Is it that same guy that walks through into the clubhouse the next day? Right. Because that's what I'm looking at as a young player. I'm looking at some, if Barry walks into the clubhouse and he's got that panic look on his face, well, then I know the rest of us are in trouble if he can't keep it together. Right. And as an older player, that's what I tried to emulate, you know? Yeah. It was kind of tough sometimes. You know, I had, I had good years, bad years, good streaks, bad streaks. But I felt as a veteran player in the situation I was in Seattle – that it was kind of my job to kind of be the rock. And yeah. when I walked through that, when I walked through those doors every day at three o'clock, it doesn't matter if I was over four with three punch outs and we lost the night before I've got to come in. Hey, today is a new day Yeah, because people expect that out of me. And Absolutely. I think young players, especially we look to the veteran guys, the guys that have been there, been through the years, been all stars, been to the postseason, And we look to those guys to be our rocks. Sure. Um, as young players. So that's what I looked at mostly with Barry was, you know, when he was two for 20, how did he handle that? Was he moping in his locker? You know, how was he behaving? Yeah. And, and he was, he, he behaved, you know, I, I saw him go through 15 for 20 stints and I saw him go through one for 20 stints. And the one thing he was really good at is he kept that same demeanor, mm-hmm. um, that same poise. And I think that comes with, with experience, with maturity, and uh, it's what a true leader does. And I think Arietta has that <clears throat> that potential to bring that to the Phillies and teach them not only how to play, not only how to pitch, not only how to prepare to play, prepare to pitch, but how to carry yourself like a professional. Right, because they certainly are a young team. Now, we've been picking your brain on these Phillies. Uh, we'll get to a team here you're a little bit closer to with little brother Aaron managing the Yankees. Now they had a nice spring training. Hearing any interesting tidbits out of uh, out of the Yankees? What uh, type of things they got going on? Anything like that? No, you know, <clears throat> when me and Aaron talk, yeah, I'll, I'll just out of courtesy, I'll ask him how his team's doing. No, I'm right. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just out of courtesy. No, I mean we probably talk once a week. And, yeah, I mean I'm sure more, he's picking your brain how, nonstop. It's more or less. Um, you know, we talk about how the kids doing, how are my kids doing, right. and then we get into the baseball. You know, I'll go, hey, how's it going? Does everybody look healthy? Uh, the one thing I'm getting for he's very excited about it. Sure. Um, 
and he just the the little things I'm getting. You know, we all know that Judge is there and Stanton is there, and, and who I think their best player is Sanchez, right. the best offensive player, and uh, the young shortstop Gregorius. So mm-hmm. and, and but what he's really excited about is he said, Brett, you should see some of the players that nobody knows and some of the players, the young players that we have coming in the future. He said, we've got some real studs, you know, that, that people don't even know their names yet, but they're going to know them in the, in the near future. So he seems really not only excited about the team he's got right now, but uh, the team that he's going to have two, three, four years from now, because he said that the minor league, uh, the prospects and, and the talent level is, is as high as he's ever seen. Well, Yankees fans have to love hearing that. I mean, there's definitely some expectations around that team this year. They're the new Bronx you, Bombers, you, you know. So just a little bit. Well, of... I think I think you know the Yankees are the Yankees, and they always will be. And and I think Steinbrenner and the way he went about his business when uh, a lot of teams didn't run their clubs like George did. No, I got. It. I, I agree. But he made he made him he made them what they are. The Yankees, are the Yankees for a reason. That's right. You he know, kind of like and... Al Davis of baseball a little bit. Right. He didn't go along. He didn't go with the flow. He right. didn't rebuild. He said the city of New York expects us to win every year. We don't have time to rebuild. Yes. We have the time to add pieces that we need. And he kind of took that format. And, you know, some people will um, criticize him for that. Uh, I'll tell you what, as a player, I would nothing but love that. And, oh, and every player would love that. As because a fan, you know, love that, too. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, there's parts that come with that. You know, George was not one to shy away from calling you out publicly as a player Mm -hmm. on the front page of the paper. But as a player, I could handle that because I know at the end of the day, he's got my back. And that big move at the trading deadline, he would pull the trigger if he thought that meant us winning another World Series. So as a player... I wouldn't mind, you know, if I'm not doing my job, if I'm having a rough month to be called out by the owner, as long as I know he's got my back when I need him. And as a player, Uh, I'm sure you can understand, you can, you know, when a coach, when a manager is truthful with you, uh, in this mm -hmm. case, an owner, when when you're getting truth from uh, your coaching staff, that's the most comforting thing because you know where you stand and you can just operate with a clear head what for better or worse, but you have a clear head cause you know where you stand. And that's, yeah. you and, know, that's and I always, I always appreciated almost envied the Yankees for that quality. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I don't, I'd love to have my owner screaming at me if it meant every year at the trading deadline, he's getting that piece that we sure. need. Cause I was on plenty of teams where they didn't do that. And I always produced best for coaches that were in your face screaming and yelling. That's illegal today. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed in Little League and American <laughs> Legion or high school. They would get put you in jail. Gotta take, you got to take the pledge. Right. The pledge. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was always what got the best out of me. Um, and I always appreciated that. And, uh, of course, I do to this day. Now, something I saw in the news uh, the other day. The Major League Baseball, because they like to imitate the NFL sometimes, they're trying to send the Yankees and Red Sox to London to play a couple of games. Uh, I don't know. I can't stand the idea. What do you think of it? Well, um, well, I'll, I'll bring it to you from a player standpoint and then from a PR and the game of baseball standpoint. It's like the, the baseball classic. Did we have that last year, the World Classic or whatever they yeah, call it? Yeah, a year or two removed, yeah. Now, you know, after watching that, and I really didn't watch and pay attention that right. much. Right. Um, but I'm just thinking as a player, um, 
I, the players, I think, if I if I can say this, I'm trying to pick the right words, but it's much more important to Japan, to Cuba, yeah, to the other countries to win than it is for the major league players. Major league players are getting ready for their major league season, which is most important, which is how they earn a living. Exactly. Uh, so the little sidebar world classic, uh, it's like, yeah, well, I guess I'll have my spring training out there. Of course, when you, when you take the field, you always try to do your best. You always try to win. But, but I think it was more of a, don't get hurt, get through this, treat this like spring training. And if we win, that would be great. Um, that being said, I think from a, a baseball marketing standpoint and from the just building the good of the game and making it a global game where, you know, <clears throat> countries that in the past have not been that interested in Major League Baseball, if this can, this can bring them a venue, uh, a place for them to see what it's all about and add some excitement at the same time, I think it can be nothing but a good positive thing yeah. for the game. You know, the more baseball being played and, and almost like an Olympic type round robin type yeah. type atmosphere uh, going to London uh, from the PR standpoint, from uh, reaching out to to different audiences, without a doubt, it's going to be nothing but a positive. That being said, as a player to tell me that we got to go to London, oh <laughs> I don't want to go. Right, right. right. <laughs> I don't want to go. I really don't, and and I guarantee, and none of the Red Sox want to go, and none of the Yankees want to go. But for the good, I mean, it's I compare it to little things that they're doing in the game right now. You know, in the middle of a the game, they'll kick it down at the dugout, and the manager's on a microphone, talking. Yeah. You know, he might be down five to three. I know. In game four of the playoffs. And he's doing an interview like he's I, out on the golf course. I can't believe they do that. I, now, I can't as, as stand a player, that. As a, right, but as a player, we would hate that. As uh, I'm sure managers don't like that. Yeah. But you look where the game is financially and the contracts that these guys are getting. Um, you know, that kind of comes with the, with territory, the territory. Right. If you want to make that kind of money, well – okay, we're going to let you make this kind of money, but you're going to have to give in and do some things that the TV people want us to do. And I think it's great for the game. I think it's great for the average fan sitting in his living room that doesn't get to see that level of insight during a playoff game. I think it's really cool for the average fan sitting at home. For the player, for the – for the manager, no, the last thing that manager wants to do, it's five to three, it's game four. He's trying to find a way to win this game. Uh, the last thing he wants to do is be doing an interview. But I think as far as the good of Major League Baseball, I think it's nothing but a positive thing and a great PR thing to grow the game and, and to get other fan, fans that you not necessarily would have in the past. You have that fan base now. So I think it's a it's a positive thing for the game, but it's a catch-22 for the players sure. and, and staff. And I, I will say this, as a viewer, taking that rivalry out of Fenway or out of Yankee Stadium, it almost loses its its uh, lust or whatever you want to say for a non, you know, I'll watch. I'm not a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan, but I watch that game because it's, right, it's, it's not, Red Sox-Yankees. I mean, the, biggest, the biggest thing I see with the Yankees and the Red Sox, and, and the reason that they're two of the biggest, if not the biggest, baseball towns in all in in all the country 
is has a lot to do with those Yankee Red Sox brawls for the last 20 oh, 30 yeah. years. And it's awesome. I mean, it is it is really cool. It's really cool to be in that atmosphere especially in September, October uh to be at Fenway or to be at, you know, I only got to do it in old Yankee Stadium. I mean, there's nothing like it. Right. And to take those cities and the emotion that goes on in those cities out of it and send it to London would, would kind of be a, yeah, you know, that would kind of be a buzzkill for the players. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, and, the, and the cities. Now, Brent, and the cities. you're living in Seattle, right? No, I'm living in San Diego. Oh, you're in San Diego. Well, you spent quite a few years in Seattle. And I've been yeah. and Seattle's known for their coffee, Starbucks. And I've been doing uh, these coffee reviews here in Philly and throughout the area. Kind of like a fake, you know, type of thing, a mock review. But nonetheless, giving my real opinion. I've been asking all our guests, you got a favorite cup of coffee from anywhere? Or a coffee bean? Or a... You know what I've been doing lately? Uh, okay, at the house, you know, I've gone through the whole pod thing. Um, the cure egg. Done the, the cure egg. I I've can't done them use all. that thing. I've done properly. the cure eggs. I've done the the smaller ones that are really hard to find and overpriced. Uh, they're convenient and they're easy. Um, for years and years, I've done the Starbucks because my kids like it. You know, it's just kind of a family thing. I always, I'm a black cup of coffee guy. Me too. That's, it's the, health, it's the healthy route. Exactly. On a, on a rare occasion, I'll get a non-fat latte. Okay. Fair. On a rare occasion, but usually, you know, when you go to a Starbucks, you order the uh, Pike, and you know you're getting your Pike right now. He's turning around and pouring your coffee and handing it to you. You don't have to go to the, the loading zone right. where the lattes and the frappuccinos get right, made. Right, right, So I know I'm in and out. Yes. As soon as I get to the yes. register, I love that. I'm in and out in 20 seconds. Yes. Makes my black cup of coffee even more We're, inviting. Right, right. Now, do you what? eat any of Starbucks's food? I don't eat their food. I don't I'll tell you with what. Their food. The food is way better. I think the food is way better than the coffee. Really? Wow. I love the, I okay. love the, the turkey feta, I think it is. What's that on? Like feta a wrap. A pini- it's a wrap. Okay. It's a wrap with the eggs, <laughs> egg whites. Uh, I think it's really good. My kids love it, too. You All know, right, they love Because I tried to t- tell my kids for years, I said, you know what? When it's all said and done, on the way to, you know, your little league game, there's nothing better than a sausage McMuffin with egg. As no, boring as it may sound, no, McDonald's. That sounds good, man. And for years, they, <laughs> no, we don't like McDonald's. You know, they grew up in a different era than we did. Oh, we were wow. kids. Oh, when we got to go to McDonald's. That was like a treat. Yeah. Now they're hooked on those, but they like the Starbucks oh, sausage my God. egg sandwich just as much. Where so, have we uh, gone as a country? I'm going to go with the home. What's it? What's at my house now? And my dad convinced me of this. He got me up. I got all these fancy coffee makers. And he just said, your problem is, is you just don't stick to the basics. So he bought me <laughs> a, an original cheap old Mr. Coffee. I love those. Things. And I've got and I've got the big tub of U-Band coffee. And that's what I make on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. And that's the go to. That's, you know, the consistency. But I've also been I've also been an AMPM guy lately and I've been mixing the coffees together. I've been and hearing then, people doing this and mixing it and adding a sprinkle of cinnamon because cinnamon's really good for you. Nah, I, I usually did no condiments for me. I just whatever's in the whatever looks good to me at the day. Maybe it's a hint of vanilla here. Okay, fair. <laughs> a splash of this there, but fair. I, 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 like I said earlier, I like keeping it simple. I like getting out. 
I respect. I don't that. want. I don't want to pour the coffee. <laughs> then I'm I'm messing with the creams. I spill one on the ground. I can't get the lid open. You know, I just want to go. Oh man. Brett, man, we appreciate you joining us on the mark again. It was an absolute pleasure. Love having you on. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Enjoy opening day, man. Good. And, and uh, you know, I always, I'm always, i always watching the Phillies. So, you know. We'll be able to talk more about them grew, throughout grew, the yeah, season. Grew, grew up there, so I, I always keep a, keep a lazy eye on them. But, uh, you know, spent a lot of years out there. Well, so, well, uh, Brett, wish, wish them the best, and and you, uh, we'll talk soon. If you get out here, we'll go to a game together. Yeah, I'll probably be out there at some point in the summer. Let's link up, Brett. Uh, Perfect. You got it. All right, man. You got it. I'll Later. Let you know. All right, man. Perfect. Thank Bye. you. All right. Well, there you have it on the mark, VIP listeners. Brett Boone on the mark, MLB insider. Benny, I love having Brett on, and he delivered bigly once again, and I ain't surprised, Benny. Yeah, totally a great man, Marky. I'm really glad that we were able to bring him on to the On The Mark team for us. I mean, the guy just produces gold, man. He's he's actually hilarious. Put, put aside all that baseball insight, he is a really funny guy. Yeah, cool guy, very down-to-earth. I'd love to be able to take him to a Phillies game when he gets in town. Well, that's a, that sounds like a done deal. That We have to make that happen. That would be too much damn fun. Shit, even if we had to go up to New York for a Yankees game, you know I'd be thrilled to do that. I do enjoy my Yankees. I'm a Phillies guy first and foremost, but I always had a love and admiration for the Yankees, and you got to appreciate this loaded roster they have. I mean, I would absolutely go up to New York, check out his little brother's team. That's for damn sure. Maybe we work out an Orioles-Yankees game. I think you better take off the Orioles cap. Yeah, I better. <laughs> no, 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 seriously. You're in the owner's box. I don't think it's a good idea. You're not serious. Yes, 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 I am. Well, didn't he say that? No, no, but he gave me the seats. And I don't think he'd like it if you wore an Orioles cap. Yeah, you're, you're damn Orioles. They're in for it this year, Benny. They're in for it badly. I finally got some optimism about them, but I'll tell you what, they could go downhill so damn quick. Season starts very quickly for them. That's just like what Brett said, though. That's the beauty of baseball. You never know. VIP listeners, I will say this, and I, I, want, I want this to be heard loud and clear. I have some very good vibes regarding this Philly season. I think it's going to be a treat. Now, of course, we want to wish everybody out there, all our VIP listeners and their families, a very happy Easter. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy that Easter brunch, that Easter dinner, however you guys do it. Hopefully you get into church. And we're going to now depart with our top 10 rankings of rabbits. Number 10, Peter Cottontail. Number 9, Peter Rabbit. Number 8, Thumper from Bambi. Number 7, Lola Bunny. Number six, the Nesquik Bunny. Number five, the Trix Rabbit. I think he was called the Rascally Rabbit. Number four, the Energizer Bunny. Number three, the Playboy Bunny. Number two, Bugs Bunny. And number one, of course, how can we forget 
or, or shall I say, we cannot forget the Easter Bunny. And gang, you might be wondering where the hell that came from. Sticking with our baseball theme, I'll tell you what, it came right out of left field. Attention, please. Attention. There's been a slight change in the teetotaler lineup. Catching, Bugs Bunny. Left field, Bugs Bunny. Right field, Bugs Bunny. Pitching, Bugs Bunny. Third base, Bugs Bunny. Center field, Bugs Bunny. First base, Bugs Bunny. Shortstop, Bugs Bunny. Second base, Bugs Bunny. So, VIP listeners, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy opening day. It's always exciting. And we will talk to you again soon. On the mark. Back to back jacks. Time and time again this year, it looked like there was no hope. But through grit and determination and fighting spirit, this team came back. They fought back and gave us the 2007 National League East Championship. Because they had high hopes. When you are down, lift your head off the ground. There's a lot to be learned, so look around. Once there was a silly old ant, thought he'd move a rubber tree plant. Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he had high hopes. He had high hopes. He had high apple pie in the I hope so when you start to feel it low Instead of letting go Just remember that and Whoop, there goes another robber tree Up there goes another robber tree Whoop, there goes another robber tree plant When you are down, lift your head off the ground There's a lot to be learned So look around. Once there was a silly old ram, thought he but a hole in the dam. Anyone knows a ram can't but a hole in that dam. But he had high hopes. He had high hopes. He had high apple pie in the I hope so when you start to feel it low Instead of letting go, just remember that ram Whoop, there goes a billion kilowatt Up there goes a billion kilowatt Whoop, there goes a billion kilowatt Damn! Ran out of gas God bless you. You're the best fans in America. Let's go, Phil. Let's go to the World Series.